What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Isis, and welcome to another session of Wild Women Cultivate Podcast. Thank you for joining me. I want to get straight into it. Today, we are going to talk about believers who struggle with mental health. This topic is so important to me. It's so near and dear to my heart because I think it's something that as a believer who also suffers with depression and anxiety, who has also been labeled, who has also gone to seek and seeking out therapy, it's not talked about enough in church. And over the past years, months, and weeks, we have seen a high, 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 high rate in numbers of depression and anxiety and other um, disorders such as bipolar in the church, in the Christian community, in the kingdom. Why? Because life is real. Things that's really going on in our life that's happening to us on a day-to-day basis is really affecting us and we don't always hear about it you know on the pulpit we're not necessarily talking about it during our bible studies we aren't really talking about it with our spiritual leaders or advisors and i think that it's a serious thing to talk about because it's the only way that we can disarm the enemy and by doing that not running from it but actually running to it to uncover the truth about it So I wanted to talk about it just from a personal level, um, a personal standpoint, things that I've seen, things that have personally happened to me and where my history started. So I'll give you a piece of my story. Um, I was conceived um, by a 15-year-old mother, right? So um, my mother was pregnant with me when she was 15 years old. She gave birth to me at the age of 16. During that time, can you imagine? Okay. I when I had my son, I was 21 years old. I cannot imagine being 15 years old and pregnant. Um when I think about being 21 and pregnant, it was a hard time for me and I was an adult. Okay. So, being 15, this was um in the 80s. I was born in 89. Um so, although we have come away the 80s was still serious. I mean, they were still putting Negro on the birth certificates at, at that age, you know. So when we think about it, did we really come afar, you know, along the way? But anyway, so she was 15 years old when uh, she conceived me. She was 16 when she gave birth to me. And um, she was 16 when she took her life. And I blamed myself so much. Like, you know, was I the reason why she took her life? What was going on? And my mother was very poetic. She liked to write and she wrote all the time. And my grandparents who took care of me that I recall mom and dad actually passed down some things to me from her. And when I would read some of her journal entries and everything, I would wonder why was she so sad? Why was she so angry? Like, what was that bad? You know, if she could have just held on. And there's a certain process that we go through, especially children who are, you know, um, seeds of parents who may have taken their life at a young age. We feel like, why couldn't you just hold on? But when we think about the development of the brain and we think about a 15, 16 year old stepping into the world and now being pushed to be this adult, when we think about what you go through, what your the hormones that are released in your body, the uh, soul tie attachment that you have to a man after having some type of sexual involvement with them, 
when you think about all of those things, we really have to dig deeper and look at what comes with that. And so that's when I started really getting into, okay, what is this depression? What what happens with the, the symptoms that are not treated, that are not dealt with? Because mental health is a real thing. And if you are not treating it appropriately, if you are not taking care of it the way that you should be, it can lead to a lot of trouble. So um, coming up, you know, I I had symptoms here and there. It was something that I think that it was what the enemy tried to take me out with many of times. I personally have been diagnosed with depression and anxiety. And as of recent, in 2018, I was diagnosed with bipolar. Um, when my father became very ill, very sick, I'm, I'm very, very close to my dad. I'm a daddy's girl. You know, uh, I took it really hard and it was a lot that started happening and transition, you know, transitions during that period of time. You know, I met the love of my life. Uh, I got married. I was back in grad school. You know, um, I lost my job. I had got laid off. So I was unemployed now trying to look for, you know, another job. At that time, I had given up my apartment because Since I started going back to grad school, I was paying for grad school out of pocket with whatever financial aid couldn't cover. And I'm also unemployed. So I'm like, I'm not going to be able to keep up this rent. Do I drop out of grad school or do I give up this apartment? So, you know, in between the time, I ended up moving back in with my parents. And as soon as I moved back in with my parents, I get this job and my dad gets sick. And, um, you know, it causes a lot of conflict just between me and my mom because of this transition hitting her so hard and just a lot was going on and I fell into this place where I was just like god what are you doing like why why do I not want to be here and it was just because it was like this back to back to back um these back to back issues that was happening and I'm like I don't hear church talking about this why don't I hear people talking about this and I was so scared to talk about it because you know in my early 20s I had a failed suicide attempt just because it it was something that I felt like I should I don't deserve to be here and if if I was supposed to be here life wouldn't be going the way it's going right now well, thank God I'm still here to be able to talk about these things and look at the history in my family and look at how much, you know, if we go without treating our mental health, without treating those issues that have been in us for long periods of time, it's like a bad fruit. You know, when you put a fruit that is rotting next to a fresh fruit, what's going to happen? That fresh fruit is going to start rotting. Why? Because there is a bad, there is a rotting fruit right beside it. So that's what mental health is like. When, When you're going through trauma, when you've had trauma and you don't treat that trauma, you're letting it rot. You're letting it sit there and destroy you internally. And sometimes the most, most of the time, it'll be the internal rotting that's happening before the external piece takes place. By the time it gets to us externally, it's already gone so far that we're at that breaking point. So with all that being said, um, I want to share a couple of scriptures that I started reading that helped me because I think as a believer, what happens sometimes is we can feel like the Bible doesn't speak to us or maybe pastors aren't preaching it because they can't find a word about it. And 
you know, does it say anyone in the Bible, God was, you know, depressed or has anxiety or has bipolar disorder? And one person that, you know, when we talk about our favorite characters in the Bible, um, I always relate to Jonah because I feel like the path God has put me on is a Jonah path where God is sending me to places that I'm like, God, I don't think I'm qualified enough to do this. I don't want to do this, you know, and, and he will convict me and I'll end up being there doing what he's asked me, asked me to do. But when I read Jonah's story, you know, after God called Jonah to um, Nineveh, uh, to preach to his people, you know, Jonah went through a lot of things. Jonah ran from going to Nineveh for some time. You know, it took time for him to get to this point where he understood and was just like, God, whatever your will is. But um, Jonah 4.3, it said, you know, he says, now, O Lord, take away my life for it's better for me to die than live. Do you think somebody who's not dealing, you know, with life in a normal way is going to say this? Do you think somebody whose life is all good and all great is going to say say to God, Lord, take my life because for me, it's better to die than to live? No. So it's things like that that I look at in the Bible as some of these characters um, that we learn about as children all the way into our adult years that isn't necessarily talked about from the pulpit from a mental health standpoint. And I wanted to bring more light to that because just because, you know, it's all about revelation, just because it didn't say Jonah was depressed. However, Jonah in this moment was asking the Lord to take his life because all the things that the Lord was putting him through in order to get him to this place that he wanted him at, Jonah felt really burdened and felt like, well, maybe it's just better for me to be dead than me than for me to live this life, you know? And then we look at Job. Let's think about it. Okay, let's think about a 2019 version of Job. Okay, all of Job's kids have been killed. Job has lost all of his stock, his money. Job has lost his food. The only thing Job is holding on to right now is his is his wife. And at this point, his wife is even just like, Job, why don't you curse God and die? Because even his wife is like, listen, I don't know what you've done, but at this point, it's no point for you to even live anymore. And although Job doesn't show, doesn't say out of his mouth, God, I'm depressed. God, I'm dealing with anxiety. Let's think about us right now when we lose a loved one, when we lose a job, when something doesn't go our way or something tragic or traumatic happens in our life, right? We have those moments where we're like, God, what, what's going on? Why, why me, Lord? Why are you doing this to me? But the Bible also says that we're set apart. So when we think about the revelation and seeing some of these uh, people in the Bible go through, and we, we realize that in the moments of their trauma and their moments of having wanting to have those mental breakdowns, right? We see where God is showing us the revelation of what it takes to be set apart, what it takes to be a believer in the kingdom. It doesn't separate us. It doesn't mean that we are not going to go through things. We're not going to go through trauma. We're not going to go through the grieving process. It shows where God is still going to put us where we need to be. What happens? Jonah still ends up preaching in the places God sends him to. What happens? Job ends up getting blessed 10 times more and better um, from what was taken away from him. He ends up getting back that and some. 
So I just want to put that out there when, you know, we try to look for characters in the Bible. Sometimes it takes perspective and sometimes it takes really looking through, combing through these these stories going, okay, all right, I, there, there's no way you can lose kids, lose, you know, your riches, lose all the things that you're used to and not be depressed and not feel that emotion. Job was a human being. Jonah was a human being. It's not like these people, you know, it's not like this was God at the end of the day. So of course they felt, of course they grieved, of course they had those moments of insecurity, of course they had those moments of doubt. Just because it doesn't say that in the word, that doesn't doesn't mean that like I said if we if this was a 2019 version of course we feel that even our greatest leaders our greatest pastors have moments they're human right we we are created with the Holy Spirit but also with our flesh so don't think that you're different don't think that oh because I go to church because I'm a believer because I believe in Jesus Christ that I, I shouldn't suffer. I shouldn't feel these things. I shouldn't feel moments of wanting to give up. I shouldn't feel the, when life happens, it's a real thing. This is what we have to remember as believers. It's real things that happen. When you lose a child, that's a real thing. That's a real emotion. That's a real anger. That's a real grief. It's a real process that you're going to have to go through. You have real questions, right? You're going to really go, God, what's up with that? I, I follow your word. I believe in you. I do your ministry. I do your work. And now I'm burying my child. Explain this to me. You're, this is one you're going to have to help me get through, right? We have those thoughts. It's not something that we just push under the rug and go, oh, all right, well, God, you took my kid away. I'm over it. That's not the real thing that happens. It's where now we have to put our faith, right? We have to put our faith at work because this is going to be something that's going to be a process for us to get through. And if it's not managed or taken care of well, we can end up in some big trouble, right? So I also want to give just some scriptures um, that has really helped me along the way and continues to help me, especially when it comes to me having my moments. When it comes to bipolar, it's, um, it's something that used to be known as manic depressive disorder. And with manic depressive disorder, it's now what we call bipolar disorder. And it's something that, you know, you have these moments of up and downs. You have these mood swings. You have these moments where you feel so energized, so great, like you can do anything. You can be on top of the world. And within the same instant, all of a sudden, you are quickly flushed with so much emotions. You are quickly overwhelmed. You are quickly frustrated and irritated, and you have no idea why. You are tired. You are stressed. You are anxious. Your brain and your heart are telling you two different things. Um, and yes, I do say that if uh, if you are on medication, you know, continue to take your medication, continue to pray on it. God will deliver you from those things. Yes, please go seek out therapy. Go seek out a Christian therapist that knows what they're doing, that knows what they're talking about. Um, yes, read your Bible daily. Pray on it daily. Put your hand over your heart and over your brain and pray over those thoughts and those emotions that you're having because it's real stuff. Listen, when my father got sick and I realized that, 
you know, I was in this transition with getting ready to be a wife and then becoming a wife and still being a mom. And in addition to getting married, taking on three older children and going from being a single mom to a married woman with now four kids working, finishing grad school and hearing reports that your father isn't going to make it, hearing reports that, oh, your dad is going to make it, seeing your dad's health like quickly decline trying to bridge the relationship back between you and your mom because you guys are bumping heads. I was in a season where it just seemed like the devil was punching me in the face from the moment I woke up to the moment that my stress made me go back to sleep. And there were times that I wanted to walk away from everything. There were times that I just wanted to pack my bags and just go somewhere and just be by myself and isolate myself. But that is the trick of the enemy in these moments. He wants you to isolate yourself because the more he can have you isolated from the word of God, from 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 Jesus, from family, from friends, is you become an easier target so he can plant those suicidal thoughts in your brain. So he can tell you that you're not a child of God. So he can tell you that you're not qualified and you're not equipped. So he can tell you that you won't get through this. And that's why some people get to the point where they take their own life because they end up isolating themselves and the enemy ends up seeing them as an easy target to just pour all those negative thoughts into them. So some scriptures that uh, have really just helped me and continue to help me because this is an ongoing battle. It's a consistent battle that, you know, I don't always feel like I have under wraps or under control, but I have the resources now. Whereas if you don't have the resources, then yeah, you are definitely in for some trouble. So we're going to read Matthew 11, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. And it says, um, it's in red. So this is coming from Jesus himself, his, from his words. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burdens is light. That's one where he's telling us, Bring it to him. Come to him. All of us who are tired, all of us who are crying at night, all of us who are starting to have lack of faith, all of us who are having a lot of weak moments and we feel so burdened, he's saying, come to him and he will give you rest. There have been times where I am crying. I am just, I'm so hurt. I'm so tired. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. And I just... I just go in my prayer room and I lay down and I go, God, please, please, in the name of Jesus, just take this from me. Take this hurt from me. Take this burden from me, Lord. I need you to carry this. And I wake up the next day and I feel so light. I feel like I don't even feel like I'm the same person that I was just the night before. Um, another one, 1 Peter 5, 7, 1 Peter Five verse uh, chapter five verse seven. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Look at that. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So the times that we feel like he's putting us in this situation, because let's be real, all right. Let's be real. There are times where I'm like, Lord, if I am a follower of you, why do I have to go through this much? Why do I have to go through this much pain? Why do I have to go through this much hurt? Why does it, why is this so heavy that you're giving me, giving, you know, putting on my life? And it says, cast all your anxiety, all your worry, all your fear, all that doubt. Put it back on him. 
Put it back on Jesus. Put it back on God. Because he cares for you that much that he'll take it. He died for all of us, right? For all of our sins. So you think that the things that we're going through, God's not bigger than? He's bigger than all of it. And he's saying, give it to me because you're absolutely right. You can't handle it, but I can. So cast it all on me. Put it back on me. For I am the person who can give you restoration. I can give you rest. I can give you healing, right? Another one, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Right here, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That means that when the enemy is telling you, you don't have a future, there are no plans for your life, Right here in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, he's saying, for I know the plans I have for you. So you have some plans. You know, it's like when the devil tells you that you're not and you need to say, I am. And when the devil tells you you are, you need to say, I'm not. And you need to be able to have some scriptures. You know, I'm not the best at quoting scripture, but Lord knows I know at least five right off the tip of my tongue that I can combat when the enemy tries to tell me lies because the devil knows the word too. And if you don't know the word for yourself, again, you become that easy target for him to use the word against you and isolate you even more from the word. Who would want to read the word when the enemy is telling you things about yourself and is also quoting scripture? You'll be like, what? It says that? I don't, I don't even want to pick the Bible up. I don't even want to have a relationship with God if that's the type of God that he is. That's why you have to know the word for yourself. Proverbs 3. This is a famous scripture. A famous scripture. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Let's just stop at verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Let me tell you, when anxiety comes when depression comes, when whatever those thoughts come, those suicidal thoughts come, we are supposed to trust in the Lord, not our own understanding, not lean into our own understanding because what will happen is we'll try to make sense of it. We'll go, oh, I feel like this because of this. We'll justify it. But justifying it means somewhere you are in agreement. You are confirming and you are understanding. You know what? I should take my life. I should take my life because I haven't been a Christ-like Christian. I haven't been walking this thing out. I don't have any faith. It will, they will, you'll have a situation like Job's wife, where you'll have those friends, those pastors, those leaders, those family members that'll say, why don't you just curse God and die? You know, you'll have those people in your life that will try to make you do things like that. Verse six says, in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight or will direct your paths. Do you know what that means? In all your ways, in all your ways, in all the ways that you feel you can't handle, in all the ways that you feel God is not doing something in your life, in all your ways, in your mess, in the nasty, in the disgusting, in your brokenness, in your bitterness, in your anxiousness, in your depression, it says in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight or will direct your paths. So those times that the enemy is whispering to you, what? There's no guidance. God doesn't have a, ma a map and, and route it out for you. He says right here, make your path straight. 
he's going to direct your path. You do have a path. He knows exactly what he's doing. And if he's placed it in front of you, it's because he knows that you can handle it. So, you know, guys, Google, Google is a blessing. Okay. You can go right on Google and type in scriptures for depression, scriptures when I'm struggling with anxiety, uh, scriptures when I'm struggling with my faith walk, and you will get tons and tons and tons of resources. Please take care of yourself. Don't isolate yourself. Bring, if the conversation isn't happening in your church, bring it to your church. I am a big advocate on mental health because it is real. And we see just, just last week, just last week, we lost a um, powerful preacher, a powerful preacher to suicide, to, to the fact that, you know, his thoughts at some point ended up getting to him. It's something that we see daily. You know, just two weeks ago on my Facebook post, I listened, there was someone who put a Facebook post out and then he ended up taking his own life. It's real. We can't just turn a blind eye to it and close our eye like this isn't happening we can't just say oh he lost to the devil you know or oh and then we have those things where we say oh well if you take your life then you instantly go to hell you you are now going to go to hell listen if you think our god is that wicked when he knows when he sees you struggling when he knows that you're struggling and he's just gonna give you over to the devil just like that we have to honestly change our perspective of this God because it's really disheartening when you see leaders of the church make God seem to be just this person this this thing this entity that he's not you know like oh well why would you be thinking about suicide you know you're gonna go to hell if you take your life right well yeah then you're one of the devil's children you're not one of God's kids if you're thinking about that I just want to pray over you right now that for anyone who has ever said something to you that has hurt you even more, for any times that you have gone to go and get the help and the assistance that you need, I want to pray peace into your life. And I want to pr- I pray that you go to get revelation. I pray that you pick up your Bible. I pray that when the enemy is speaking into you and saying you are not, that you are running right back at him and saying that I am. And when he is saying that you are, you are saying back to him that you are not, that you know that you are a child of God, that you know that the power, you know, you have power in your tongue, that the things that you say when you speak positivity over yourself and speak positivity into your atmosphere that you will watch change happen that God that you will remember that God is a good God and he is a big God he is greater than all of your issues he's greater than all of your needs and if you just go before him go before him in your weariness go before him in your times of suffering and give over cast all those burdens onto him he will take those things from you for he loves you. He's not a God that is trying to keep you in the place. When you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, know that he is with you. Know that he is not forsaking you. Know that he is preparing a table for you in the presence of your enemy. So that means when people are talking about you, when people are not being Christ-like to you, when people are not being kind to you, know that God is preparing a table for you in the presence of your enemies. And that includes the devil. And the devil knows. The devil 
devil knows that there's something good for you. And if he can just scare you out of position, if he can just move you from that place, then he knows that he's isolated you and you are an easy kill. You are an easy vessel to destroy. And God loves you so much that he's trying to keep you in a place where you can reap the harvest. And yes, and those are sometimes in the times of our adversity, the biggest blessings come. We learn more about ourselves. We learn more about God. We start to have more communication with God. So I want you all to just today think about how you can get control of your mental health. Get control of that thing. You give it to God for God to control it because sometimes we don't even have the strength or the words or know what to do, but we know how to say, God, you're a good, good father. And I know that this is not my burden for me to carry. So I give it back to you, God. Have the conversation. Be the person to stand up in that church in your family and say, hey, we need to go seek out some resources. We need to go and talk to someone. Go on Google and look up look up where you can join a support group look on facebook and see where you can join a support group i just started a group um for ladies called women cultivating ministries okay listen go join the group we talk about these things i give you the resources the reason for this podcast is because i think for women we are under attack God, you know, God gave me the revelation that we are under attack. And if we are not praying for our homes, for our husbands, for our children, for ourselves, for our families, for our friends, that the enemy is going to come and wreak havoc in our life. But he makes us tired. He makes us more vulnerable through making us tired, through making us stressed out, that we don't become the nurturers, that we forget to pray over our family, over our husbands, over our children, that we stress out so much that we don't have it in us sometimes we need to look the devil straight in the face in the morning i have this visual sometimes that in the morning when i wake up the devil is sitting right at the end of the bed going you sure you want to get up but then i look on the other side and i have the angels right there going girl you gonna get up trust me you gonna get up because this little thing over here don't got nothing on the angels that's in the kingdom waiting to fight for you today so get up and that's what i want to encourage you with that no matter what no matter what the devil is trying to make you believe we he's sitting on the side of your bed look over and know that you have an army of angels going we got your back sis we got your back so why are you scared why are you not having any confidence get up pick up your shield pick up put on the armor of god because we'll do the rest for you today we just need you to get up out this bed and not be scared and lay in this bed because you got some thing that looks that looks bigger than what it really is God is even bigger than that. We have to remember that the devil is salty because he got kicked out of the most beautiful place that he could be over jealousy. And he's jealous of you. And he wants you to get kicked out of those heavenly places as well. He wants you to get kicked out of your position for purpose. But when God, God knew you before he put you in your mother's womb, God already identified you in the kingdom, not the worldly identification, not the name that your mother and your father gave you. He identified you while you before he put you in your mother's womb he marked you and set you apart so when you are going through when it doesn't make sense to you when you don't understand hallelujah thank you jesus for your wisdom when you don't understand what's going on in your life when you go god why am i not normal it's because he's saying i don't make normal people 
I set you apart for a reason. If I wanted you all to be normal, I would have just made you all look alike. I would have made everyone's path the same path. But I set you apart because it's something that I need you to do in this world. You are marked for a reason, for a purpose. The enemy doesn't come at people who have nothing to give. So when you have something to give, look at your life. It's an indication when you're going through, when that hardship is hitting, when those bills are hitting, it's because the devil is using all his scare tactics to scare you out of position, to scare you out of purpose. But God has already blessed you. You are in labor right now because all of this, this adversity that you're in, he's about to turn it around and use it for your good. He's using all things for the good, for those who love him. All right. So y'all, God bless. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us. I am so thankful that God put this on my heart this morning to share with you. And I want you to take this and share it with someone else. Just because you are a believer, let's get, let's, let's get away from the stereotypes. Let's get away from the stereotypes. We are all struggle with something at this point we all can be labeled with something because in 2019 it's a scary world that we go out that we go out into on a daily basis but trust me we are all people and we all take those things into the church we take those things into our home so you're not alone in this and maybe god is putting it on your heart to be brave enough to walk to your pastor or to your leaders and have a sit down and go this is a discussion i think that we should have more in the ministry i want to start a ministry to talk about mental health in as a christian as a believer as someone who believes in god i want to be able to talk about these things and educate and bring more knowledge and resources to the church to the community because it's needed i want the devil to stop isolating our people and having them take their lives because they feel like they can't do it or they feel like they can't look at a pastor and a pastor admits to them and says i have spiritual battles too i'm in the same i'm on the same battlefield with you fighting for my sanity fighting for my emotions fighting for my mental state so god bless you i pray for you i hope that you enjoy this i will be putting out these podcasts weekly and it'll be topics just like this that's hard for us to talk about or when you feel that you're you're not you can't find anybody to represent you i hope that this is a podcast that you feel like represents you and represents you well god bless please go and join my facebook group women cultivating ministries join my podcast wild women cultivate make sure you're following my facebook page welcome reality accept change those are three resources right there that will gather your life all the way why because it gathers mine god put this on my heart and said now you go gather the women you tell them to get in here and all you have to do is be the vessel and i will speak to them through you god bless y'all have a wonderful week